Hi, it's Cree Mitchell again, uh, and this is Sunday, January the 12th. Just wanting to say I'm glad to be back with you and hope you're doing well on your journey of getting clarity and vision. This is part three of 2020 Vision. And in this episode, I want to talk about taking inventory, counting up the cost in your life and in the things that are going to come through your life and making the right decisions and being prepared to make right decisions. There's some things that are going to come you're not going to be prepared for, but you can be as prepared as you possibly can be. And when a circumstance presents itself, whether you're prepared or not, you can sit back and evaluate everything and decide for yourself whether or not this is what you want to do or what it is that you need to do. St. Luke chapter 14, verse 25 through 34, there was a large crowd that was traveling with Jesus and uh, he turned to them and he, he told them that if anybody was to come to him, they had to hate father and mother, wife and children and brothers and sisters and even their own life or they couldn't be his disciple. Now he's not saying hate, hate and the, and the thing that that despise, but he meant you've got to be willing to deny yourself, your feelings, your desires to follow him. And sometimes what another individual may want from you, you can't give because you're following Christ. And there have been circumstances, even dealing with family members. I remember as a child, my mother was close to one sibling and they were really close. And then when my mother became a Christian, there was things that she went along with that she didn't go along with before. And that, that caused a problem. And I remember her one sibling saying, you're different. You're not the same. You used to be uh, the individual that was go along with whatever and whatever I said or whatever I thought. And she said, I still love you. doesn't mean I don't love you. I've changed and my way of thinking has changed. You can continue to do whatever you want to. I can't. And that's what Jesus means about when, when the, the term is used, hate. It means you've got to be willing to separate yourself if you have to in order to do the will of God. You know, that doesn't mean you don't love them. That doesn't mean you're not there for them. If there is a, I don't want to say legitimate need because every need that people have, they seem to think is legitimate. But there's going to come a time when you may have to say, I can't do that. I need to do this. And you have to move on. Then Jesus even said, even to the point of your own life, we have to be able to discipline and deny ourselves. And then he said, whoever does not carry the cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. And there are assignments in life that God will give us that are crosses that we have to bear. Some we volunteer for and we find ourselves in them. And then getting out of them is tremendous. But those that we are assigned, and it may be from no fault of our own, that fall into our lap. It may be you may be a or maybe a grandparent who's ending up having to raise your children, grandchildren, because something has occurred with your children. Or you may be a, a sibling who's having to raise other siblings because Something has happened with your parents or 
You may be taking on a responsibility in some other area. They may not even be related to you, but you're taking this responsibility on. And some things, like I said, there are some things we get ourselves into because we can be emotionally led, but there are other things that God has led us to. And it's just something that we have to walk through. It builds our character, builds our faith. It even increases our ability to love. So we have to sit down and go to him, God, for help. And even in those crosses, we need to sit down and look at what, what our ability is to be able to complete whatever task that's given to us. On verse 28 of St. Luke 14, he said, suppose if one of you wants to build a tower, won't you sit down? First sit down. He said, won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? For if you lay the foundation and are not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule you, saying, this person began to build and wasn't able to finish. Or suppose the king is about to go to war against another king. Won't he sit down and consider whether he is able with 10,000 men to oppose one coming against him with 20? If he's not able, he will send a delegation while the other is still a long way off. And will ask for terms of peace. In the same way, those of you who do not give up everything, you cannot be my disciple. Salt is good, but if salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty? And he's going back to referring to us being the salt of the earth. So before we take on anything we undertake, whether we know it's of God or not, we need to sit down and look at Every aspect we can look at it and count up the cost to see if we're able to complete it. And if you're not able to complete it and God hasn't called you to do it, it would be best not to do it. Because it's going to end up being the biggest mistake of your life. Like I said, sometimes people are emotional givers. I used to be one. I just... Just emotion, emotion. Oh yeah, I need to give, I need to give, I need to give. But there are circumstances and you have to be led to know when to give and what, what to give and who to help and who not to help. Sometimes we help people who are great manipulators and it's their way of taking from you. Like I said last week, you can't give out of an empty cup. We're supposed to give out of our overflow and out of our abundance. You still have a responsibility to take care of what you have at home. And so that's the factor that you have to look at. Like I said before, there are people out there that will continually needle you because you're a Christian or you're a good person and they know that you will give. And so they will look for opportunities to take from you. There was one time I was going into the post office and there was a man there that was trying needed money to catch a bus. And I saw him asking one guy, for money and the guy gave him some money. Now to catch the bus was only a dollar. I knew that. Said he was going out north where he lived. And then he follows me and waits at the post office. And when I come out, he asks me for money. And I always, at the time I kept a lot of change on the uh, driver's side door of my car. So they just reached in and pulled out a handful of quarters and stuff and gave it to him. And he kind of looked at me and looked at it because I knew how much it cost to ride the bus. And so he gave me this funny look like, you're just going to give me $2 worth of quarters? And I'm like, how you got bus fare? So I get in my car and he walks off and another guy pulls up and he goes over to that guy. 
and starts telling him he, he needed to get across town, he needed money, he needed bus fare. And I got out of my car and I said, excuse me, you just asked the guy up before me and he gave you a couple of dollars. I just gave you handful of quarters to catch the bus. It's only a dollar. Do not ask another person for money. You better get on the bus. I'm going to follow you to see that you go to that bus stop and quit panhandling. Now, that was stupid what I did because he could have had a gun or anything. But I'm saying that to say there are people that will manipulate the situation who are professional moochers. So you have to ask for wisdom. And God will give it to you. He will. He will let you know. There are sometimes you have to say no. Let me. I'm, a friend who's a therapist was helping someone and they were constantly manipulating and she had an extra house and let them stay in it because they said they were homeless. And she said, I'm trying to sell a house and so you got to be out by seven o'clock. Well, she went over there at nine and they were still sleeping in there. So she had to get them out, make them get a bath, get out. Get, and it was a constant thing until they started breaking in the house. Realtor went there to show somebody the house. They were still in it. And so she said she went and picked up the young man and his girlfriend. Brought them to her house. She offered to feed them. She said, whatever I got in the refrigerator, you can have it. And uh, they wanted special food, from sandwiches from a special place because they didn't want to eat her food. Um, and I said, look, a hungry person will eat anything. If you have to have food from a special restaurant, you're not hungry. And so she said, I don't know what you said, because I've been getting on her about. You got to be careful what you're doing. You got to be careful what you're doing, helping these people. Then she said, she took him to an agency that specialized in, it was a shelter. And they would help him get up on his feet, find a job. And she said, these people can help you. I cannot. That is not what I do. So I'm taking you to someone who can help you. Fixed her house, sold it so they couldn't get back in it and moved on. That's why I'm saying we have to be careful. We have to count up the cost because sometimes we can get sucked into stuff, whether it's family members or whatever. And we're not doing the will of God. It becomes a heavy burden. And it's not the cross Jesus wants us to bear. A cross may be... Um, like I said, a uh, sibling or someone gets killed in a car accident and, and you're having to take over their responsibilities. That doesn't mean that's a bad thing. That means that you have to move in and take over those responsibilities. It may be kids, it may be your parents that you're taking over. That's part of it. And you've got to look at that as, okay, this is an assignment God has given me. This is my responsibility. And where I'm lacking, I'm going to trust God to help me do what's right, and do it in joy. In this year of 2020 vision and counting up the cost, we have to pay close attention to everything that we do and say and the people around us because we have to be willing to let God filter people out and bring people in. Because if you hold on too tight to things and people, it becomes you become stagnant and things begin to happen and You'll find yourself getting an error in a whole lot of ways. In this year of clarity, you also have to be willing to say, I screwed up. I messed up. I'm sorry. I acknowledge I did wrong. God helped me to move to, to do something better. And you have to go to people and tell them, I screwed up. I'm sorry. 
And my goal is to never happen again. This is also a year where we don't fear. The word of God says in 1 John 4 and 18, perfect love casts out fear for fear has torment. And he who fears is not made perfect in love. And the love of God has to grow in our hearts. And God will bring circumstances in our heart to cause his love to grow. And he will work on our character. That's part of the clarity is that we, our character will be redefined over and over again. And it will be redefined through people and circumstances. Things we can change, things we can't change. But we have to be willing to allow those circumstances to sand down our rough edges and bring us back to be the people we're supposed to be. And in this year, you're going to navigate through, like I said, situations with family, friends, your job, church, house of worship, the government, politics, whatever it may be. You have to be willing to let go and move through these things. And your greatest source is seeking the face of God, getting clarity, meditating, spending time meditate so you can hear the voice of God. Go to the word of God for clarity. It will help you find clarity. In Hebrews chapter 4, it says the word is in a discerner of thoughts and the intents of the heart. The word of God, the more the word of God we put in us, the more we'll be able to discern people and their motives. We'll be able to discern our own motives. We'll be able to get clarity. We'll have clear vision. One of the things I also want you to do this year is to take time, leaving this month, take time to look at yourself and forgive yourself, to love yourself. Like we talked about last week, cannot love others if you do not love yourself. Acknowledge where you're wrong, see your faults, lay it before God and ask for his help. And he will give you that help. Ask him to show himself to you. If you're not a believer, Ask him to show himself to you and to give you clarity. And I believe he will speak to you and he will give you that clarity that you need. This is Queen Mitchell saying, again, I love you. I'm praying for you. I'm asking for God's wisdom for you and and remind you that your steps are ordered by God, that he has your back. You can trust him to take you from one circumstance to another and give you the peace that you need to to survive it. Trust him. This is a year of joy for you. You have to declaim it and write down the things that you're believing for yourself, that you the good things that you want. Let that be part of your meditation. Let that be part of the things that you confess over you, that you're blessed, that you have wisdom, that you have knowledge, you walk in love, you have peace, you have joy. Good things come to you, like Deuteronomy 28, the first eight verses of it. talks about the good things that will come to us because we seek the face of God. Let that be what you chant and meditate on in the Word of God, the good things. And be willing to allow God to flow through you to others. This is Again, this is Cree Mitchell saying, I love you, God bless you, and I wish you peace.